calling all campers, Leslie Samuel here, your camp director, back again to get you pumped up for something awesome. It's that time again, it's time for Creator Camp 2024. We took everything you loved from last year and stepped it up a notch. Yet we're back and better and man oh man, we're excited to have you join us. Now you may be asking, what's in store for this year's Creator Camp? Well, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine an epic kickoff party where new friendships spark and old ones rekindle. Imagine rubbing shoulders with not just the awesome workshop leaders, but also the amazing Ecamm team. Imagine having interactive, hands-on sessions where industry leaders share insights in fields that you're passionate about. Well, you just imagine Creator Camp 2024. Reconnect with the Ecamm fam, and of course, meals and beverages are all a part of your journey with us. Expect exciting activities and local excursions. What is it gonna be this time? Wine tasting, scavenger hunt, an evening of stargazing? <laughs> I'm not telling, at least not yet. This year's Creator Camp isn't just an event, it's an adventure. The Ecamm fam is taking over Amesbury, Massachusetts again, and trust me, you wanna be right there in the middle of the magic. So pack up your essentials, your laptop, your camera, and of course your energy, and gear up for an unforgettable escapade at Creator Camp 2024. We can't wait to see all your smiling faces back together again. We'll see you at Creator Camp. Let's do this. Flow Riders, and welcome to another edition of The Flow. I'm your community manager from Ecamm Doc Rock, along with my awesome co-host, <laughs> Katie Fox. <laughs> we never do that properly. So we never do that properly, Doc. Oh <laughs> I think that's part, part of the fun. It's just to see how bad. I, I was literally going to say the awesome Katie host. <laughs> it just got it got stuck. <laughs> Hi, I'm Katie Host. <laughs> hey, you know, welcome, welcome to um, welcome to early in the morning. Here we go. Today we're going to be just going over some of the stuff that we do for prep again. And I, we did this a while ago, but I think it's a great idea. Lots of updates. So many because updates. There are <laughs> so many updates, right? A lot of the updates are there. But also one of the things that I was just talking to my crew with the other day is part of any skills process is revisiting sometimes your basics, but just checking to see where you've gotten better and if there's still opportunities left to go. It's almost like a, a midstream SWOT analysis, right? I love it. I love a SWOT analysis. <laughs> so do I. That's literally, well, that was one of my favorite parts of marketing school. It's so true. SWOT analysis. Oh, by the way, just because on podcasts, you're supposed to remind people in case they didn't know, a SWOT stands for S-W-O-T, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So that's where it is. Not SWAT like it. Open the door! Today's episode is brought to you by the SWAT team. The SWAT team. All right, gang. So let's dive in. Katie, of all of the things that we've done, you know, traditionally during prep, what is the one part that we do differently now that you really, really like? 
Oh my gosh. Well, I feel like most of the updates that we've been making over the last little bit is in the editing and release stage. If you all remember, I, Again, as a reminder, the, this podcast is live streamed using Ecamm Live out to YouTube every single Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern, and we use that as our live recording time. So we don't we don't do batch recording. We don't spend a ton of time worrying about pausing and recording again and doing a retake. And <laughs> we live record, and then we end up at the end of that live recording. So in the next hour or so, we will have our final video files and audio files, and those will go over to Luis, who is our fantastic producer and editor. And Luis spends uh, anywhere from a few days to a week editing all of those files and putting them all together. Where we have made a lot of improvements is in that kind of final process, because every Tuesday, we also release last week's episode out through our podcast platform tool, podcast tool, host, <laughs> there's the word, podcast host, <laughs> Captivate. We also upload our edited video to now YouTube podcast. Yay! <laughs> Used to be uh, just our YouTube playlist, but now it's an official YouTube podcast. And we also upload it to our website. We have a video database over there. And so a couple of the things that we've done that have made that process a lot more smooth and just seamless is that it had been that Luis was editing and then he would upload the file to Box where we have all of our files stored. He would let me know when it was ready. I would go into Box, I would download that file, I would then put that file into Descript and begin the editing process, and then I would have to upload the file back to YouTube, and I would upload it to Searchy, which is where our video hub is, and then I would grab the transcript, and then I would use those for closed captions. There's all these additional steps in the way. So what we have gotten to is now Luis is part of our Descript team now, so an official Descript team member, and now he can automatically add that file for us into Descript, so it's just there and I see it and I can start working on it. And he has also uploaded it to YouTube for me, so now I don't need to worry about a lot of that downloading and uploading time, which has saved me a bunch of time, and I can just immediately start working on it in Descript without kind of having to wait, wait for that to process as well. So that whole section I think has gotten a lot smoother. We're still working on it literally in the kind of behind the scenes tech check this morning. <laughs> we were talking about like, okay, you know, like what else could we do to simplify this? Like, is it working for you? Is it working for me? Like where are kind of some of the bumps along the way, you know, where we were talking a little bit about timing. So, you know, as you can imagine, if you use Descript, like I'm a heavy editor sometimes with that. And then that shortens the video, which then messes with the timing of the captions. So some of those things we're trying to figure out along the way. But I would say that's probably our biggest, for me anyway, that's been the biggest change that we've made over the last little bit. And, you know, and I think it continues to be just simplifying that process and making it more streamlined and faster so that we can start doing things like bringing back blog posts and additional content that we want to be able to share with people and some of these other um opportunities that we haven't yet dived into just because we haven't had the time in our process. Right. You know, so it's, it's funny. I just wrote in the chat, like it, it seems as if we have a better, um, dare I say it, flow. <laughs> you guys, we have a better flow. We have a better flow. Drink. Drink. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, to me, one of the best parts of the sort of the new flow, if you will, is and I know this is challenging for some people because so many people are told by so many other people to batch record. I've never been a fan of that, but primarily I think that's because my my jade or my shade to batch recording is twofold. 
One is that's for you. That's not for your audience. <laughs> and I, I'm gonna say I'm saying yeah. that in the meanest way absolutely possible. Yeah. Batch recording is all about you, very little about your audience. And I think the reason why I feel so strongly about that is I've always been in tech, right? So April 4th tech is going to be completely different from April 11th tech. Yep. And between the 4th and 11th, a whole lot of crap can go down, like a metric <laughs> F ton. <laughs> right? Very true. If you batch record it because it makes your life easier, cool, knock yourself out. They might work in your industry, but like I've always been in tech. So to me, it's just I'm going to be late talking about some stuff. And that's not the best, highest and best use case for the audience. It's just me. You can do it if you have to. And I know a lot of people think they should. I've just never been a fan of that. Right. Yeah. So I like the fact that we can remain topical, especially because imagine last week, and we really didn't talk about it as much last week. We will but, this week. <laughs> yeah. But but last week, you know, there were still major changes in in the YouTube podcast space. And yep. that is a massive announcement. And then so what happens is I believe it's OK to have one or two evergreen episodes in the can. Those means that they can get pushed down and just come out whatever they come out, because something will come up. There will be a week where you can't go. Yep. I think that's fine. But even then, like. I hope that your mailbag episode is still topical. Like, what if we had a recorded mailbag episode where we're talking about all of the dopeness inside Ecamm Live 3.10? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, we dropped 4.0 a month, month and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe we kept that episode because we were ready to release it in case something comes up. And then, you know, next, next week, we're both traveling. Yeah. And it, that episode would be... Oh, what the hell are they talking about? 310? We're on 4.1 almost. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know. That's just been a thing for me. And I know so many people believe it, but I hear, okay, well, let me let me put this again in, in better context. Even last week when we're doing PodFest, mm -hmm. most of the questions tend to be self-serving. And I know they don't think that they don't mean that that's just what they hear everybody else say. And strangely enough, a lot of the big podcasters are self-serving. Mm -hmm. So they do things that affect them, but their audience is baked. Their audience is ride or die. I'll tell you right now that if I go to a concert and I'm going to go watch say Jay-Z and he shows up an hour and a half late, I ain't mad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that self-serving? Yeah. Yes. But I'm going to see the GOAT. Like, I ain't mad. Eminem shows up two hours late. Cool. Marshall, what do you need, fam? Can I get you some water? Like, I'm not mad. Because I'm that, you know, ride or die about that, right? KD shows up an hour and a half late. No one there. <laughs> no one there Right, all. right. So don't think that just because other cats get away with it mean you can, right? Or you should, yeah. If a large podcaster came to you and said, hey, you know, we batch record 17 episodes. Okay, like, you know, I love true crime, true, true crime obsessed mm -hmm. English, right? I know they batch record. They do like three, four episodes in a row because they're doing a series of a Netflix show. And the Netflix show is broken up over four episodes. They'll record four podcasts that day, or they'll do it in you know two days back to back. But they also do Broadway. And their content isn't 
isn't timely or topical. Like they're talking about older cases and they're diving deep into it. And it's, uh, the only instance where they would run into an issue is if like they were talking about, say, uh, you know, a case that was unsolved and like in between recording it and, you know, releasing it, they found the killer, you know, like in which case they would probably have to go back and add in like an intro that's like breaking news, you know, before you dive into this case with us, like, you know, we have this update. But I I think what you said is really relevant because in many cases, the content that you're, you need to really be thinking about that as a podcaster, right? Like is the content that you're sharing timely and topical, in which case you probably do need a format similar to ours or, you know, or don't be doing batch recording or be really conscious of when you're doing batch recording or why you're doing it. If not, then fine. If that works best for you and it's not going to harm your audience, that's fine. I would also argue that it's much, and we've said this a ton on the show, but it's much, much easier to bail out on a show and kind of and enter that pod fade space <laughs> when you're batch recording because it's way easier to say like oh I have I have 10 episodes in the bag like I, you know I'm now just going to continue on with my day to day my life my whatever and then for those episodes to just be gone and you know you forgot you got busy whatever happened your co-host couldn't make it you were sick the kids etc and you don't have time to do the next batch recording or you haven't you know scheduled or planned that out like Batch recording isn't a magic bullet. It still requires a process and, you know, yep. and a regularity and a consistency to it. So again, and this, this is the point of this show, like figure out what workflow is going to work for you, own it and stick to it, making small changes as you go to get better, because none of it is going to be easy. If you don't have a plan, if you don't have a process, you need to stick with your process and you need to constantly be updating and iterating on your process, or you are going to fail. You are absolutely going to fail because it's hard and things get in the way. You know, it was really funny when you said that. I was going to say every single one of us has been on the other side of the island and realized that we didn't fill the tank up. No, that's just. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, but, I've been guilty of that in different ways. Maybe not the car. island yeah. part. Yeah. Everybody's done this in their car because. You know, it was weird when I was a kid, my, I was either my dad or my grandpa. They always hammered in us. Uh, actually, it was probably my grandpa that got my dad to say it, but never drip past a half a tank. At worst case scenario, never go under a quarter tank. Yep. Because one of the things that happens here a lot, especially, is we have, you know, a hurricane season. This week, we're having hurricane like type weather. It flooded like majorly the other day. It was kind of psycho. But you're on an island. You just don't know when those topical storms are just going to come. Topical. Yep. All righty. I live in the topics. Wow. <laughs> Some of us kind of have day. topical storms. <laughs> they come at us. They come at us. So by always having at least a half a tank, you're good. So like topping it off, especially when you have the time, like going to top off. And now my, my family insists on going to Costco. Even though you're not saving any money at Costco, like Costco gas is 25 cents a gallon cheaper, but you have a 15 gallon truck. Like you can't save, but like four bucks, man. Like, come on. It takes an hour to get that joint, but they insist on going. But by keeping it up, right? Like if there was a storm tomorrow, we're not those people running to the gas station. The day the storm thing goes off and the man comes, hi, this is Guy Hoggy. Today we're going to have tropical storms. So make sure you have your batteries and your spam and your water and your toilet paper be ready. <laughs> we only have that stuff, right? I have cases of it lined up against the wall just in case something happens. 
and people here would be in the line at the gas station around the block, freaking out in the car, raining, windy, car shaking from the wind. But they're trying to catch that gas so they can be prepared just in case, you know, the big one comes. Me, I never have to think about that. Right. All of that stuff is prepped and prepared. And it's not like a doomsday prepper or anything. It's just being ready. But you just mentioned a very key thing that made me think of this. A lot of people did it three storms ago. Right. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this, but bottled water in plastic kind of shouldn't be around for more than about three years. The bottle says five. It tastes like plastic after three because it's micro leaching into there. Right. So you got to remember even the old cans of spam or the old, you know, bottled water, you got to remember to swap that out every couple of times. Right. So like I, I have a gigantic sticker on it when I walk past it, I can see. Okay, drink that one now and replace it next time you go to Target because you don't want to have to be stuck with no power, no electricity and plastic flavored water. It'll just be nasty. So when you prep, don't prep so much that you get comfortable in your prep. You always got to check your prep, right? No matter what it is, right? And that people do that. They're like, oh, I ran out of episodes and I don't feel like doing one today. Time flies and things happen. I mean, we have this pretty like repeatable quote unquote, easy process here at the flow. But last week, everything went crazy, right? The internet went out at Luis's. We had like, you know, every possible thing that happened, right? But we were able to still get out an episode again, because we have a workflow that works. So we were able to record enough of the podcast episode to really get the value of the content. We had a guest on, we had to be respectful of her time. She's in the UK. So it was hard to schedule her time. We're all on different time zones. We got enough of the episode out to be able to finish it. And then again, because we have a week between when our episode records and when we release it, we were able to edit the podcast. Luis was able to drop in like, you know, a fun, like ending to wrap up the episode later. We're still good to go today to release that episode. If everything had completely fallen apart, you know, we still would have been able to either re-record, you know, jump back on in that week and do like a pop-up live stream or a shorter recorded episode, you know, maybe just with you and I or pulling the content that we had talked to Sarah about and been able to pull that off because we've given ourselves that week. And we know we have time blocked off within the week. That's like, we're working on the podcast that week. Again, things are always going to happen, whether you live stream it or you're recorded or whatever, there's always going to be an instance of something happening. You know, time's going to fly by faster than you think you're going to have a guest that shows up with worse quality, all these different things that happen. And Luis is saying my bad. It, it happens. It ha- like all of these things happen, but knowing we have a backup plan, and it was technically it wasn't even his bed. It wasn't <laughs> even your bed. Yeah, it's like the internet right? just goes out. What are you going to do? To me, I think one of the funniest things that ever happened in the history of internet is the neighbor chopped the optical cable with yep. you know digging in the backyard. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you can't so control your neighbors. Funny. Yo, the question is, have you seen his wife? That's all I want to know. <laughs> you see, he's digging in the backyard in the middle of the day. Exactly. Like, <laughs> the true crime brain. Is she okay? Is she okay? Yeah. Check, check on the missus. See if she's okay. <laughs> Man, you know, so I think another thing that's been really cool about what's going on with, with the flow is that although we are getting a groove, we haven't gotten complacent in our groove. We're constantly trying to make changes to make things better. Part of that is us experimenting for the flow riders. And part of that is self-serving, right? Like we're making it better to make our things better. So some of the things 
that we're figuring out is like, oh, okay, on, on my side, for instance, thanks to <laughs> Danny and Sarah picking on me, uh, going in to captivate and tightening up the way that I can put in the show notes and put in the templates that for the show, tightening up some of the stuff when it comes to doing the thumbnails, right? Having a Canva template that it's set up as a template. I know what a lot of, this sounds really crazy. And this is a minor thing. You can set up a camera graphic and just duplicate the page and keep going down. Just duplicate the next page. Exactly. Yep. What I used to do, uh, I'd hate to admit this, was duplicate the project for the yeah. single page and duplicate yep. the project. Yeah, same. And then next thing you know, you scro- <laughs> you're scrolling to find another project and you realize you have like 12 of these you know, thumbnails in a row that makes a gap between, and you can't find it because you didn't scroll far enough. So yeah, if you put them all on a single page and just duplicate the page as if you're doing a presentation, it does make saving take an extra step because you don't want to save them all. You want to go in and select just the one that you need. Just the one, yeah. But having it as a template and being able to go in there and rock that out really quickly, super beneficial. Uh, other things that I've done is going to Alphonic. I run the process through Alphonic at the very, very end, just as a double check on audio levels and, you know, make sure everything is at the proper, uh, it's called final mastering, right? And in Alphonic even have made a flow template so that when I open it up in my browser, there is, you know, I click on the flow, everything is in there, the metadata is in there, you just go in and make some changes and you let that out. So those are the things that have been really, really beneficial when it comes to putting it together. And I think as people get into this video podcasting stuff, you get better at it. And what you don't realize is the amount of time it takes you to edit will go down because one, you get better at editing. It just happens. Yeah. It happens from doing it. But secondarily, because you get better at editing, you actually get better at recording yeah, because exactly. you know what yeah. you have to do to edit it. So for all of you people that hate editing, fix your recording. Mm-hmm. If you record on point, then your editing becomes very little. And this was super apparent to me two weeks ago. I did the hive with Jared. So Jared, we get ready to start. We do our little pre-show, you know, talking, bantering. We're laughing. I had just come back from hanging out with Jared. So, you know, we were all fresh in each other's head. in the zone. Yeah. <laughs> right. Go in, record the show. And then when it was done, I was like, oh, so when are you going to edit this? He goes, I'm not. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, that was perfect. I'm just going to let it out. And I was like, there you go. You know, like he set it up in a manner where he could just go straight down the pipe. And everything was perfectly flowing. The only minor mistakes we had just came from us just cracking up. Nothing to do with anything. But that's part of the personality of the show is that, you know, it it was a conversation between friends. So the part where we cracked up and went sideways for a minute, just left it in there because it allowed people to see us as humans and not as just absolute dorks, which which are, you know, equally true. (laughs) Both are true. (laughs) I think some of you guys are taking yourself too seriously and you're editing out too much of you and people want to see you. They don't really care how perfect you can edit. 
Yeah, very true. Well, I don't want to go all the way through this episode without talking about YouTube podcasts. I know that we have videos on this playlist, on the podcast playlist, actually, that go into depth about, you know, how to. So we won't go too far into that process. But a big question last week, and I'm sure with a lot of the flow riders, is I think a couple different possibilities, right? Either folks have never done a video podcast at all and they have an audio podcast. Folks haven't done a podcast at all and want to start in the video podcast space. Or folks have been doing a video podcast, but they've been doing something kind of similar to us and they have like a YouTube playlist. What are all the different processes to make sure that they are optimized and ready to go in the YouTube playlist, YouTube podcast space? How do they, how do they take advantage of it and how quickly do they need to move? Uh, you ain't did it yet. You slow. <laughs> it's too late. Give up now. It's too late. Go it, oh, it's, ne it's never too late, but you just have to be fully aware that you're behind the eight ball, right? This is weird. And I'm a little bit sticky about this and you're highly opinionated. So you can ignore everything I say and do what you want, but don't <laughs> add me later. Right now. I do accept you were right later. <laughs> I do accept those. <laughs> Doc has been talking about this for a while now, everyone. He has, we, we basically started this show with the notion that this would be a thing. And here we are. So Correct. Correct. So I definitely wanted Toby because everyone, this is me in a nutshell. And I'm sorry for you guys who insist on having these feelings. But when it comes to this type of stuff, like, no, I, I don't hate puppies. I hate broccoli. You know, I don't hate people. I like people for the most part. There's a couple people on my radar, Paul. <laughs> but, but these kind of things aren't about your feelings. These are just raw dog facts. So I feel that this is going to whatever, knock yourself out, knock yourself out, add whatever you want to add, but I'm telling you what the facts are and you can either ignore these facts. Or you can run with it. YouTube podcast is definitely a go. It has been a go since I started talking about 30 months ago, but people chose to ignore me, but it's definitely a go. I don't feel any, any jade about that. When it flips officially, and then you decide to move because you were waiting for it to be absolutely perfect, Tom Buck, it will be too late. <laughs> Do it now. Those of us who decided to start already, like Jared and I, as we sit back and laugh at Tom, we'll have a head start, right? Now, the people that come late that have massive followings, yeah, they'll blow right past us. But if people are always looking for an opportunity to get a leg up, to be seen quicker, do a couple of things. This is one of those this moments, fam. This yeah. is legit one of those moments. And theoretically, you should have did this two weeks ago. But it's very simple to set up as a podcast. YouTube has an official video. I've made a video. Pat Flynn has made a video. Sean Cannell's made a video. So I know I'm in good company because they made videos, right? <laughs> Choose your favorite doc stocks. The biggest question is, is YouTube going to make an RSS fee? Who insert your favorite bad word here cares like really though do you care like what is the rss feed doing for you making your job easier maybe but it's not about you it's about your audience right so just get in there create your video podcast now the second question that came up and I, my answer is a little stern i know this but i just want to be truthful as possible because people get wrapped up again in their feelings and i kind of don't care about your feelings in this case right your cat died I'll, I'll i'll deal with you but you have feelings about this because doc is mean about this sorry deal with it i have four thousand episodes in audio in the can i have a hundred episodes of audio in the can i have three years of episodes of audio in the cans so 
insert your favorite bad word here. What we're talking about video podcasts. Can you take an audio podcast audio only and put it on YouTube? Yes. Does it work? No, no, (laughs) does it (laughs) right? Can you sell Coke paraphernalia in the Pepsi store? Yes. Will anybody buy it? No. Ride or die Pepsi people or ride or die Pepsi people. Ride or die Coke people or ride or die Coke people. It's almost like that with the audio video thing. Like just taking your old audio episodes and uploading them to YouTube, it's just whack. And Podbean has had this button since I signed up for Podbean round about 10 years ago. And all they would do is put your episode there with the thumbnail of your episode. Then people got cute and started adding the audio wave to the episode. None of that really, really works. Like, that's not the way people want to see YouTube. Even if a large portion of people listen to YouTube episodes ambiently, they still want to see, like, something moving in the back, right? So if you're going to go out with your drone and fly around Rabbit Island and shoot aerials of Rabbit Island for you to talk under, that would work better than just a thumbnail. So unless you're going to go into story blocks or art lists, and both of those are really good, by the way, uh, and put a bunch of visuals on top of every single one of those 200 episodes you have in the can, uh, don't. Just start. Just go forward. Again, we're in this phase of overthinking it and being really kind of concerned about, well, we want the YouTube people to be able to know like how awesome our show is. Get excited and do it, you know, do your first episode that goes to YouTube and out to your podcast listeners and all the various platforms and be like, going forward, now we are a video podcast as well. So you can watch or listen wherever you want. Listeners, nothing will change on your end unless you want to move over and grab the video. It'll be there. YouTube people, welcome. If you want to check out our back catalog, it's still audio only. You can listen to it here. But going forward, we're going to do video. That's an exciting update in the life of your podcast. Make it an exciting update and move forward. Don't worry about the back catalog or, you know, consider maybe, maybe there's a couple of episodes that might be fun to update or to redo that might benefit both your listeners and your new viewers. So it's worth it, I think, to just take those steps forward. So if we're thinking in that notion, which we hope everyone is, and we're taking steps forward and adding YouTube on, how complicated is the process to change it from a YouTube playlist to a YouTube podcast. Can you press a button? (laughs) I can. I can press a button. That's it. (laughs) It's literally press a button, add the title, add the description. Game over. The title should be exactly the title that it exists already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever it's go. Yeah, that's an important one. Yep. But other than that, yeah, that's it. It's a matter of pressing a button. And then once you press that button, because on YouTube, podcasts are playlists. It's just a playlist. We already had the playlist in play. Um, Katie had it named differently because she was making it easy for people to find it. But I just reinvented it. And I realized that when I did that, I broke it. So. (laughs) (laughs) See, and we learn. Yeah. So what I should have done was just make a copy of that playlist and retitle it but i initially broke it but then i realized katie had a bunch of links to things the ecamm space so yes i went and fixed it but everything's gravy now and it all works the other thing that i kind of want to be brutally honest (laughs) your podcast has to be circa 89 cindy crawford for somebody to go back and listen to your past episodes Most of you guys ain't there. Let's be dead honest. 
we're not there. And I'm badass. I'm joking. <laughs> we're not there. When I get an email that says, hey, man, I just found this and I went back and I binged all of this. That was cool. Like, I really, really appreciate that person because that person is a little psycho. Most people just ain't going to do it. Right. Even if you think about some of the best in the business, Pat's an amazing human being. Pat's podcast is fantastic. I am not going to go back and try to listen to three years of Pat. And Pat has fantastic information. I am not going to try to go back and listen to 15 years of Gary V. And Gary V is fantastic. What he has to say about right now is important because more than a year back, everything he said is wrong now. Yeah. It's all changed. Right. So the idea, depending on your show, like unless it's a it's a book type thing. Yeah, it's a book or it's true. Yeah. Or it's true crime. I will definitely like binge old episodes of my favorite true crime podcast, but I'm typically going back and looking for cases that I find interesting or content that is not topical or timely, like is really what it's going to come down to. So again, that kind of those same series of questions that you'd be asking when you're thinking about batch recording would apply here as well. Like if you're doing something where the information that you're providing stays the same because it's based on history or, or like a story or a narrative, you know, or something like that, then fine. But if you're like making a marketing podcast or technology or trends or sports or anything where that information is going to be outdated within a year, then yeah, your back catalog, sorry to say to everyone is probably pretty irrelevant to most people. You know, it's just there to show how long you've been at this, you know, and giving yourselves some kind of ability for people to take a look at who you are as a, as a show and who you are as a person. But yeah, it's probably only going to be those like really history or like event based podcasts, like true crime or like any of that are narrative or storytelling that where people will actually go back all the way. And even then, like some of my favorite true crime podcasts will admit that you know, those initial episodes, like, you know, they sounded underwater, their microphone technology wasn't as good, you know, they now have like XYZ extra thing that they do, right? So like, there is still an evolution in those. And there's still an expectation of viewers and listeners that those older original episodes are not going to be perfect. You know, they've liked you for a reason, they've come into your newer episodes, and they're willing to go all the way back. It's an important reminder, again, that it doesn't have to be perfect. The lack of perfection is why people like you and listen to you. It's going to be an evolution and a process and a workflow and, you know, get a little bit better each and every single time. Yeah. And man, if you go back to the very original Elena and Ash podcast of Morbid. They joke that they sound underwater. <laughs> dude, they're so trashy, but they're hilarious because they were so green. Now they're very, very smooth. People, the main thing is, listen, just do it now. It doesn't matter what you did prior. This opportunity is really amazing. And the number one reason why I'm talking about this opportunity, why this opportunity is there, the current figures out of the Tilt and a couple other um, websites that do this type of thing says that YouTube Shorts is getting 50 billion plays a day. That is psycho. That is absolutely psycho. And it's like, well, that seems like a lot. Not really, because they have 2 billion people on their platform. And everybody that sat down and watched reels, TikToks, or shorts has run through 20 of them suckers real quick without even knowing. Especially on YouTube, because they're only 60 seconds. 
right? People will run by them for a while. Now, some people, you'll know if you've been in reels or shorts or TikTok, you have sat down to do something, looked there for like two minutes, and a half an hour later, you're still scrolling and laughing and cracking up and going, oh, I didn't know that kind of thing. People do just crush those things. Now, what's happened, I just watched Nolan Moat talk about this on a podcast that he was on the other day, and he said that, He's noticing views on his podcast going up because people found it through the short and through the short that he was making about something completely irrelevant. A person commented on there. And then later on the next day, he saw that person comment on one of the podcasts. Yep. So the person went from watching the short to finding them as a person. Nine times out of 10, you don't realize you do it. When you decide to creep someone's social media, you were intrigued by them as a person. And I don't mean that kind of creep. I mean, like, you're watching a podcast and, you know, Sarah starts talking about SEO last week's episode, right? And you're like, man, she knows more about SEO than I've thought of. And she doesn't sound like one of the SEO bros. Um, I can't, I was trying to say a nice way to say that before I said something bad. But it rhymes. SEO bros rhyme, so it's good. <laughs> A lot of those, a lot of those SEO bros, you know, they just come off as snake oil salesmen from the gate. You know, she doesn't do that, right? So, what do you do? You go and you go to her podcast, SEO Mindset. You start looking at that, right? You see what her and Tasman are doing, and then you find out she's been doing this for a minute. So, you go and you search maybe her name. You'll pull up her LinkedIn profile. She has lots of tips there. Or then you start like looking at some of her video content and you next thing you know, you're like mad subscribed to Sarah McDee because she covers SEO with a British accent and you can understand it <laughs> and it's just better than you thought. That's how you gain authority from doing your podcast. The number one thing you're doing it for in the first place for most of you, is to gain authority in your space to make it easier for you to get booked, for you to book clients, for you to sell a service, or for you to do like speaking gigs. Yeah. And I'll say just to be totally like candid, honest with all of you, we're seeing 10 times the views on our YouTube pl podcast playlist for lack of a better word, then we are getting listens on, you know, all of the different podcast platforms. So like our average there, 40-ish people that are listening, you know, to each episode, give or take, we're a fairly new podcast where, you know, we're smaller, we're just starting off and learning. But our YouTube, we're getting, you know, 400, 500, 600 views in the span of a couple of weeks on those episodes. And that's not counting the views that are replays on these live streams, right? So I would wager, and I, I've, I've been saying this more and more in interviews that I've been doing or just in conversations I've been having with folks, I'm willing to bet in the same way that Doc, you know, placed all of his bets on YouTube being a big player in the podcasting space. I'm willing to bet by the end of this year, all of these terminologies, podcasts, videos, shorts, live streams, those lines are going to blur real crazy between all of those. It's content, it's discoverability, it's putting yourself out there in ways that work for you and work for your customers. So whether you're live streaming or you're recording or whatever else, starting with video, if you are doing video at all, if you're live streaming at all, you have a podcast, turn it on. It's a podcast. If you're doing any kind of regular show or content, it's a podcast. It could be a live stream. It's also a video. The, the, 
these terms are going to become less and less relevant. What's going to matter is you showing up consistently, you showing up professionally, you engaging and building and growing your audience. So don't miss these opportunities. Hit that button and turn it on. Go forward and start with video. And then you can use each of the individual parts. But if you have only the individual parts, you don't have the main thing that you need to be able to reach an audience. So if you're holding a carrot, but you really need to make soup, make the soup that has the carrots in it. Give people the soup. If they only want to eat the carrots out of the soup, fine. If they only want to eat the, you know, apples out of the soup, fine. But don't only give them carrots if everyone just wants the soup. Stop avoiding doing the video because it's scary or it's whatever else. Give them the video. And if they only want to listen to it, great. You've already done that. If they only want to watch clips of it, great. You've already done that. It, the hardest part is the video. So get it, get the video part done as easily as you possibly can. And the rest will come from there. I'm looking at the people in the chat and I was thinking of Rich, right? Rich is a good example of a complete blurred lines podcast. Okay. So let's set this picture. If you will, there is a 60 second daily brief about what's going on in the promotions industry, right? That's Rich's thing. So he's talking about really cool things that companies are doing. Say Budweiser just came out with like bamboo straws for the people that insist on drinking beer through a straw or something weird like that, right? He could have a one minute daily podcast of this is your big rich promotions minute. That's not the name of the show, but I'm just saying, right? So it comes in every day for 60 seconds. And it has to be 60 seconds because we're going to work on the short and he's going to do just a news update. It's like you get on your Amazon flash briefing or sometimes in traffic when you're driving the local place where you live, the radio stations will have a little one minute brief about something that goes on really popular in your area, right? It could be pumpkins in, in mass, right? So Rich would come on and be like, hey, this big Rich, boom, here's your morning minute. And he goes, runs through the thing, boom. He basically drops one of those every day, five days a week. That is posted as a short, but it's also a podcast that someone can subscribe to because the audio plays works because it's that short. The video short works because it's that short and labeling it as a podcast playlist works because it's that short. We have all seen these minute briefs about fantasy football, about apps. There used to be a one minute app review podcast that did extremely well back when iOS first came out. And that's easy to pick up as is and drop it on IG, TikTok, LinkedIn, all at the same time. And now we have apps like Canva. We could do the entire thing in Canva, like never leave, like open the app, say the piece, fix the visuals, publish, 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 all straight out of Canva or Adobe Express or whatever. Yeah, you're right. It it is going to start to get blurred. You could take those in that example. And at the end of every week, you could do a like, a top weekly roundup from it and pull one point from each day. And then you have your weekly roundup. That could be a LinkedIn newsletter. That could be an email newsletter. Again, if you're starting with something and you're doing it consistently, you can then build into your workflow. Okay. Now I also want to be able to use that content in this way. You have the main content. It's really easy then to figure out how to repurpose it, how to break it out into a process that is repeatable and sustainable for you to be able to build and grow your business and put content in the places where the people are in the formats that the people want. So it feels more complicated than it really is. And we all tend to overcomplicate everything. What we really need to do is take the most complicated part, 
video, start with that, and then everything else is significantly easier down the road. Yep. And again, if you're willing to let the first 21, 22 episodes be hot trash, you don't have to edit. You can set it up in Ecamm, so you press the button on the stream deck that allows you to have your title thing go, keep it super short. As a matter of fact, I would almost skip it in this particular case, because now we're doing it on YouTube on purpose, I would almost skip it, especially for the, the one that's going to stay as the finished product. So you basically have a quick you know, bumper, then you talk your parts, try to put the heavy hitters within the first 30 seconds, because now we're on YouTube, the YouTube things count, run right through your show. Finish that baby off. Never really say goodbye. Just be like, hey, I got another episode coming up for you next. And then end it. And then just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. They will start to work. I'm just telling you, just the way the YouTube space works. And there's so much people watching now at every TV. Go to the store today. Go to Costco. Walk in every TV. And the more you do it, the more great ideas you will start having. Like on my personal podcast, now I'm like, okay, well, we've been hanging out like half an hour before we go live just to do like a quick sound check and to just touch base and make sure that we go through kind of our points. Now I open up that sound check time in vertical format and I record top 10 favorite movies, top 10 favorite whatever in vertical format. I record like four or five of them now every sound check that's in my bank that I can then start sharing out. And then right before we're about to go live, I switch back to our normal widescreen format and then I'm ready to go for the episode. And again, I haven't done anything necessarily differently. Like we were already spending that time doing a sound check, which I think everyone should be doing a sound or a tech check, but I'm leveraging that time and recording that time to be able to use that content later. And again, zero i do zero editing on that podcast i like i do not care i am doing this for fun with a friend i'm doing it to spend time with a friend i think it's fun like the goal of that podcast is not to take over the world but i will say the more that i do it the less editing i would need even if i wanted to do editing and the more i'm able to create all kinds of different content i'm able to put in all kinds of different places without spending an insane amount of time so i you know i really do think that it makes a difference thinking through how you can maximize your time, how you can use these tools more effectively, how you can create a process that makes it fun, gets that content out to different people. There you go. All right, gang. So if you haven't guessed it already, YouTube podcast is a thing and you should definitely be doing it. Don't ignore it. We have instructions on our playlist that will tell you how to go through it. You basically Ecamm channel on YouTube. If for some reason you missed all of that, YouTube's official channel has it. Like they give you the official instructions. They have a podcasting best practices PDF, which you can find. And it's funny. People are like, well, how do you know all this stuff? Because I read the YouTube blog people. They give all the answers. And then a whole bunch of people insert a word that I can't say on TV are on YouTube telling you what YouTube wants. YouTube tells you what YouTube wants. You just got to go get it and read it and stop listening to Mike Michelson telling you like, oh, you should do this because YouTube algorithm. Algorithm is not even thinking about you. That's not how the algorithm works. It's just a mathematical equation, people. Stop tripping. Anyway, by all means, make sure you check us out on the flow. You can find us flow.ecam.com. If you really like this episode, please drop in and drop a review on iTunes right now. That's still the best place to leave a review. And it is the absolute best thing you can do to support a podcast besides supporting them financially is to go to iTunes and leave a review. It really, really helps podcasters get found. 
And this is completely like any other podcast available where all the podcasts get in this got and on YouTube. I got to update that list now. <laughs> <laughs> it's missing something. There's actually YouTube music has it. I do want to remind you, it's not searchable on YouTube music yet. That is coming. Don't panic. Do it anyway. Yes, it's not searchable on YouTube yet, but it's coming. So do it anyway. Don't wait for the thing to be perfect. If you do, it's just not going to work. As always, a reminder, this show is brought to you by Descript. Descript is our go-to platform for smoothing out our flow and our process, like Katie and Luis talked about at the top of the show. It basically allows you to edit your podcast the same way you would edit a Word document. If you know how to use Word, you know how to use Descript. It will make your life so much easier and definitely give them a checkout. So yeah, we're gonna roll into the Q&A version. If you're feeling a little bit of FOMO because you got cues and you wanted them aid, then come to the live taping. Every Tuesday, we do the live taping over here on YouTube. Uh, you are watching this on the replay edition and we appreciate you but if you really got cues, you need aid, please bring your A over to the YouTube space and check us out every Tuesday as we record this bad boy live. So thank you, Flow Riders. And we'll see you guys next week. Ahoy ho! Calling all campers, Leslie Samuel here, your camp director, back again to get you pumped up for something awesome. It's that time again. It's time for Creator Camp 2024. We took everything you loved from last year and stepped it up a notch. Yet we're back and better and man oh man, we're excited to have you join us. Now you may be asking, what's in store for this year's Creator Camp? Well, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine an epic kickoff party where new friendships spark and old ones rekindle. Imagine rubbing shoulders with not just the awesome workshop leaders, but also the amazing Ecamm team. Imagine having interactive, hands-on sessions where industry leaders share insights in fields that you're passionate about. Well, you just imagine Creator Camp 2024. Reconnect with the Ecamm fam, and of course, meals and beverages are all a part of your journey with us. Expect exciting activities and local excursions. What is it gonna be this time? Wine tasting, scavenger hunt, an evening of stargazing? <laughs> I'm not telling, at least not yet. This year's Creator Camp isn't just an event, it's an adventure. The Ecamm fam is taking over Amesbury, Massachusetts again, and trust me, you wanna be right there in the middle of the magic. So pack up your essentials, your laptop, your camera, and of course, your energy, and gear up for an unforgettable escapade at Creator Camp 2024. We can't wait to see all your smiling faces back together again. We'll see you at Creator Camp. Let's do this.